Microphone test, one, two, three, one, two, three. going on dude 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 i'm fucking chuffed that we're uh visiting the leafy streets of elm street the leafy yeah, streets of elm street. right fuck i didn't didn't plan that sentence very well it's kind of um <laughs> it's a case of a slight case of the morosites you know you, you it's where it infests your brain you start having weird thoughts about listening to morrissey but you don't want to but it's conflicting you and it's affecting and impacting your general intellect i i, I i've just got to say um fucking how good was scott ian from Anthrax? bro <laughs> scott ian of anthrax we salute you you are. We I mean, knew he was you already were a legend. legend. <laughs> yeah, we knew you were legendary before, and now you've just solidified yourself amongst the pantheons of gods, in my opinion. <laughs> in our opinion. Um, wow, what a fucking compelling article you sent, dude. That was fantastic. <laughs> it was great, wasn't it? I, I, I got to give props. B sent that one to me. Um, oh, we salute you, B. Well done, B. <laughs> Um, we got a wonderful production team out there that sends this cool shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, hey, here's, here's an article shitting on Morrissey. I thought you might yeah. like it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> yes, folks. <laughs> Let's kick this off with talking yes, yes, about important show research. Morrissey does, in fact, suck. <laughs> and it is proven, according to Scott Ian of Anthrax. Um, I don't have the article in front of me to quote him, but it was words to the extent of, I'm sure he's a lovely human being. I just don't like his voice. <laughs> we kind of feel the same way, just well, on a grander level. Well, the thing is, it's like I know for a fact that Morrissey is, in fact, a shit cunt. <laughs> well, when you're on been, stage and you go, I'm cold. Well, it's been proven, like, the, the walking off stage and shitting on his fans, the... Uh, the racism, the transphobia, the uh, you know, the, the list goes on. The, the countless times Morrissey's just proven himself to be an unmitigated. Oh, uh, Morrissey's greatest shits. <laughs> I mean, we could do a whole episode about Morrissey's greatest shits, and it's uh, jam packed. I, did, I did. I did quite like that meme that referred to Morrissey as like a human shard. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it is. It's like you know, it, you know, as, as the meme said, it's like you could be walking along and then, bam, Morrissey, and your whole day's fucked. Right? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, next thing you know, you're wearing a fucking polyester jumper, and I do. Yeah, I do feel that that Scotty and had a point because, like, you know, Scotty's Scotty's there, and he's basically saying that, like, look, he just finds Morrissey's voice 
really fucking nails on a chalkboard grating. Like the second he hears it, he just wants to turn it off. And it's like a certain particular fucking horror icon that we're about to talk about that uh, does a similar thing with his nails and scraping on the metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But it's like I've I've had a couple of um, random. Probably because my fucking iPhone's, you know, listening to me or, or monitoring me or some shit like that. Mm. Some fucking crazy tinfoil mm. like that. But I, I have had a couple of random Morrissey's pop up uh, on Instagram in reels. Mm. And mm. I got to say, I'm, I'm with Scotty on this one. Like, he's unlistenably shit. Like... It's not even a case of like, oh, he's just a fuckwit and so I can't stand him. It's like, no, I, I see him with his whining, oh, you fuck your ball. It's, you suck, dude. You fucking mm. suck. Like, you can't sing worth a shit. Like, I've heard cats fuck with more harmony. <laughs> to paraphrase Ford Fairlane. It's... Look, I think even Paris Hilton's voice... As unlistenable as that is, it gives it a run for his money as well. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's just, he's just, he's shit. He's utter fucking, he's terrible. He, he, he is a nightmare on the internet. Yep, he sure is. <clears throat> and he's a constant source of entertainment for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> God bless you, Morrissey. Without you, I'd have to make fun of someone that I might feel bad about. <laughs> That's it, man. He's kind of like a horror icon in himself, man. It's horrific listening, horrific fucking just reading his exploits. And um, yeah, I, I liken Morrissey to a Nazi, not because like, you know, he has like Nazi issue viewpoints or anything, but it's just, mm. he's like the one guy that I never feel bad about beating up on. It's like, you know, yeah. you, you, you never feel bad. Like you put Nazis as the bad guys in a movie. No one feels bad if they get punched into a fucking <sighs> airplane propeller or melted by the Ark of the Covenant. You're just like, yeah. Yeah, fuck you guys. You deserve it. And yeah. I kind of feel the same way about Morrissey. Mm. I agree. And Scott Ian, once again, I think, you know, for him to say the words to the extent he did, he's got every, every reason that he can back it up. I mean, you know, fucking anthrax. <laughs> Don't even need to explain a thing. <laughs> no, no one's going to read that article and look at Scotty and go, "Oh yeah, well, what have you done?" Uh, um, oh jeez. I mean, <laughs> it's it's like, dude, you know, you can watch a Morrissey concert and Scotty and be side stage come, bitch, please hold my yeah. beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, wow, fucking yeah, so, so unreal. Like, then Anthrax goes on stage and it's like, yeah, that's cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Backed up with Public Enemy, bring the yeah. noise. <laughs> uh oh, now you're fucked. It's, it's the, the opening riffs of "I Am the Law," just like yeah, right. And dumb, suddenly, everyone's forgotten. What? Who was that guy that was on before with the dead flowers and the bullshit? Yeah, something beginning with N. Oh yeah, <laughs> Madhouse. That's right. It's a Madhouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking! Even the John Bush years fucking slay all over it, dude. <laughs> Oh, fucking what an awesome start to the show. <laughs> um, dude, fucking here we are. Fucking Elm Street madness. Um, yeah, this is, this is a one that's been a while in the making. And um, 
Yeah, fuck, man. Did you want to? Did you want to get straight into it, or yeah, uh, fuck it. Why not? Why yeah, not? dude. I, yeah. I haven't. Um, I haven't read much in the way of horror comics this week. Um, no, I'm the same, dude. I've been oh, reading more just superhero shit, dude. Like, <clears throat> is is your work going fucking nuts this week, or what? Because which is- one? They're all they're all fucking nuts, dude. <laughs> Mine feels like. Everyone's just gone. Oh fuck! It's a it's a four day weekend. Shit! Yeah, we got to just throw everything like and the kitchen sink and Jakey. Yeah, in, yeah. It, like my entire fucking department has just been like smashed over. Wow. The last- couple of days it's, been like, <laughs> it's like if you weren't settled into your job before jake you are now <laughs> welcome to the team buddy <laughs> oh man I was, I was i was sending one of my work colleagues um gifts from clerks today yeah nice <laughs> this, this job would be great if it weren't for the fucking customers <laughs> i saw that it was that was chef's kiss it was good um <laughs> Yeah, look, it, it's been it's been crazy madness. Um, fucking in traffic world, it's fucking football seasons in full swing. Both fucking NRL and AFL, um, concerts are fucking going off the Richter scale. Um, yeah, it's just madness all around, dude. No oh, man, it's just been nuts. It's just like everyone's yeah. just going, "Oh my god, things are closed for a day or two. Let's just fucking do everything now." Right, right. I mean, this is this is the time of uh, year when fucking. Oh yeah, Dan Murphy's and fucking BWS and all that. They fucking batten down the hatches and get ready for the storm, man. Because suddenly everyone's going, fuck, we need booze. Yeah, shit, shit's closed for one whole day. One fuck. whole day. And, and Woolies fucking brace themselves in riot gear for the, for the imminent d- chaos as well. I mean, the worst thing is, it's like, I had to do my grocery run on like right. Thursday night. So I'm just like, oh God, I'm going to be one of those assholes that's last minute shopping. Fuck. <laughs> like, you're going to, you're going to be like that, that guy, that um, CD dude in the trench coat and the glasses that goes into the sex store. <laughs> it's just like, I'm just like walking in there. It's just like, excuse me. I'm, I'm not one of them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, regular, this is my regular like, shopping sure time. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, this is, yeah, sure, cunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, you know. <laughs> Every other dude said the same thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, man. Um, yeah, so, fuck, there, there's so many uh, cool things I want to say. Yeah, I haven't really got anything on the horror side of things for comics and that. Uh, it's mostly rad-related stuff, so. Um, oh, I did I did have one cool horror thing. Um I do, but I can't remember to save my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just uh, ordered uh, 2022's Hellraiser uh, from last year. Has Ooh. just gotten a physical fucking release. Ooh. Only in the UK, but I was just like, fuck are it. We, I was all over that shit. Are we talking Blu-ray with all the trimmings that you, no, that you love? DVD. It's on oh, DVD, but oh, I'm just like... Jake, Jake. I, I'm, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to throw my fucking 25 bucks down and, you know, hopefully send a very clear message that, uh, yeah, people do want to buy this. So just fucking get us a div- get us a blue release out there, guys. Come on. Like, <laughs> Our Kazakhstani listeners are like, oh, yes, we know what you talk about. We shall paint this DVD blue you speak of. And then but you the, have blue the DVD. Other cool- <laughs> the other cool thing, yeah, they're probably still fucking beta. 
<laughs> Super right. <laughs> the the other cool thing was that I um scored. I've finally completed uh all of my Hellraiser movies on VHS. Congratulations! That I'm, is a fucking very, achievement. Very happy with that. This morning I woke up. I was like bleary eyed and looking through my phone and uh some dude in the vhs group one of my vhs groups was like selling an original <sighs> fucking x rental of the first hellraiser for like 50 bucks i was like oh my god you don't even know what you've got you silly silly man <laughs> i was like <laughs> i fucking jumped on it <laughs> I don't know why I'm just thinking of the priest in the omen with the uh, the, the collection of the seven holy daggers. You don't know what you're holding. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, so yeah, I was I was all over that one. So I was like, fucking sweet. Yeah, so, nice one, yay. nice score. Yay. Um. Yeah, dude. Fucking yeah. We, yeah. There's, there's always there's always something cool to talk about, and I'm sure we'll talk about it another time. But this week's all about Elm Street. We're fucking hop, skip, and jumping, and fucking we're probably delirious because we haven't slept. Uh, <laughs> we told you we wouldn't sleep. <laughs> and we're committed. I, I had a I had a Mister Coffee under my bed. Ah, oh, smart, very nice. I uh, I had a fucking uh, bullet belt full of fucking no dose pills. <laughs> <laughs> fucking 24 tabs to a bat a, a batch <laughs> i'm fucking set <laughs> i'll be hocking those things down like m&ms oh fuck yes no oh, yeah walking in bags full of them from the fucking 7-eleven yeah. seriously i'm not one of them sure you're not <laughs> but um yeah look uh if you haven't checked it out yet i will post the link on the description if I can find it, our previous episode a few moons ago where we talked about Nightmare on Elm Street, which is what, funny enough, what we're talking about. Yeah, um, so this, this is this is going to be a bit of a slight little uh, recap of uh, all our favourite things about the OG Elm Street. So yeah. I, don't, I don't really think we need to talk about the remake ever again. We, that that will not be that which will not be spoken of. Yeah, no, no it, we'll just, dirty words. We'll just no, stick to OG. Proper. I can't even believe you said the R word, dude. Elm Street <laughs> for, for this uh, <laughs> this little journey through the franchise. Now you go to your room and you wash your mouth out. <laughs> <laughs> you treat your stepmother with respect and terror. <laughs> I understand your concern. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So we, we did a pretty cool uh, versus recap with two certain movies of the same name. One of that we will shall not speak of, but the other is a fucking iconic, fucking awesome a- achievement in cinematic uh, history, much like fr- our illustrious Friday the 13th. And... Um, yeah, we're, we're speaking of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the 1984 fucking Wes Craven classic. Oh, man, I, I love... This is probably, like... It's kind of like a perfect horror film, isn't it? Well, I the thing is, man, it's like Hellraiser is probably my favourite horror franchise. Yeah. In terms of, like... But I will, like, die on the hill that I think Nightmare on Elm Street is the best horror franchise 
Um, it's pretty neck and neck for me because I fucking I love Elm Street. Like, yeah, we kind of spoke about it briefly um, a couple of episodes ago. We both just came to the conclusion that we felt more connected to Elm Street growing up than any mm. other horror franchise. I mean, I'm probably oh, absolutely. yeah. I'm as much as you know anyone that knows me knows I fucking love Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but Elm Street holds a special place in my heart as well. Like, it, I don't know, it's just. There's something about it you can every time you watch it, it takes you back to a time and place, and you go, ah, everything's well, okay. I mean, I think for me, because I was thinking about it today, and I was thinking like, this was you know, um, well, obviously I wasn't thinking about work. <laughs> Who sure you work when they're sure you sure you're not, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I was. I was um, I was uh, I, I was on lunch just in case anyone from my job is listening to this. <laughs> sure, sure you were, Jake. Um, <laughs> no, I was, I was trying to think about like you know stuff that we could talk about for the original that we hadn't covered in our versus episode, and I think the thing that I sort of really kind of hit on was that Elm Street was one of the few sort of horror movies. I remember as a kid that like really, really scared me. Like, yeah, really kind of. And I mean, I didn't see the Elm Street series until a little bit later. Like, cause I sort of, you know, I really wanted to see him as a kid, but I kind of chickened out. Like I'm pretty sure my first dose was number four. Yeah. Well, I really wanted to see four. I remember four mm. coming out and like really wanted to see it, like being absolutely mesmerized by that fucking poster. I'm pretty sure I had the 3D glasses for that. Oh, rad. No, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I like, um, and I, I'm pretty sure I talked about this on our, our Versus episode, was that, like, I hassled the fuck out of my mum to let me go and see number four. And she finally relented. And I chickened out. I was too scared to see it. But, like, I had seen stuff from when the original came out, like ads and posters and stuff like that. And without even seeing this fucking movie, it scared the fuck out of me. Like I was genuinely terrified by Freddy because it was like, you know, he was, he really kind of, I think if you're going to like give the fucking boogeyman hat, so to speak, Mm. to any horror icon, I think Freddy's the one that really gets it because it's like, you know, Jason's like, Jason's Jason. He's just like a fucking killing machine. Same yeah. with Leatherface, you know, yeah. same with Michael, Michael to, yeah. to a degree. But like, yeah. Freddy's really scary because he's like, he's got that kind of, you know, I mean, Robert Englund sort of talks about it. Uh, he's a got a deeper sense of vocabulary as well. Well, he's <laughs> like, he's not just going to kill you. He's going to fuck with you. <laughs> yeah, he is really going to right roll fuck with you. <laughs> like, he's, he's just really going to fuck with you. And I mean, it's one of those things that Robert Englund talks about where it's like, you know, Freddy's kind of like, you're, you're not safe. Like the one place you're supposed to be safe, like, you know, you're in your bed, you're asleep, you're dreaming, yeah. like, you yeah. know, that, that, that one place you're really supposed to be safe is the one place that Freddy can get you. Yeah. So it's kind of like on a sort of, you know, subconscious, like you know, gut instinct kind of level, that really fucks with your head, I think, like, you know? Yeah, well, to, to bring anyone to spare that, as we always say, heaven forbid anyone that hasn't seen this film. Um, I mean, I'm sorry. Who wow. hasn't seen this movie? Yeah, look, I mean, 
Like, this is one of them what films is, where... Why are you listening to this show? Yeah, look, um, if, if you, you say the word horror and your name in the same sentence and you haven't seen Nightmare on Elm Street, then you, you ain't seen shit. You know, this is kind of like one of the definitive horror films. But the synopsis for this 1984 classic reads as this. A young girl realises that she must stay awake at any cost to avoid a clawed killer who wants to murder her and her friends one by one in their dreams. Which is pretty much what we've nailed in the, the, the opening 10 minutes of this film that we've talked about. Um, directed by the fucking iconic, um, may he rest in peace, fucking master of horror, Wes Craven. This um, this release from New Line Cinemas just fucking just ticks every fucking box of what what makes a horror film a great horror film well, and eighties horror movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is the movie where um, a lot of it, you know, obviously shot in. Again, you you know how we love talking about location. Um, I believe Pasadena was one of the uh, California was like. The, one of the prime locations for this film, for the yeah. shooting. Um, and just all those fucking cool fucking backstreet suburbia, LA fucking 1980s, just fucking cool. The fashion, the, the soundtrack, everything. Which just... is hilarious because um, in later films, uh, Elm Street is alluded to being in Springwood, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> it looks nothing like LA. Well. <laughs> Bob Shay, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like... What are these palm trees? <laughs> oh, they're, they're, they're Ohio palms. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, th- this film, like, um, yeah, I th- this one, I think we touched on this in the Versus episode. <laughs> The the debut with Fred, I, I love in the credits how he's listed as Fred Krueger. Yeah, Freddy. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, this one we see <laughs> he become a lot more cute and cuddly. Yeah, he, he did. <laughs> I mean, we you know Robert England really you know gave us hints of greatness in this first film, but he nailed the performance off from the bat. He fucking he was like a quarterback and getting the ball. He he fucking ran with it. Oh and, man. Man, yeah. like this is a darker side of Freddy in this first film, but um, this is probably my favorite of the series. Um, just because it, I don't know, it, it's just it just follows so many fucking great. Um, it's weird for me because it's it's so hard for me to pick a favorite in this mm. series. I I I know I can, um, and I know my favorite order is a bit all over the place. Yeah. Um, and I, I find it really kind of difficult to say that number one is not my favorite because it is so great. Like, I don't think there's a bad Elm Street movie. Like, I really don't. Well, um, I mean, did this one just packs all the punches, man, with the suspense of, of every kill with Freddy? Like, every scene with Freddy is just a fucking just a masterpiece well, they, of film they, work. Yeah, man. Like, I, I really feel like they really capture imagine, your imagination with this. Like, I mean, we'll, we'll, yeah. I'll talk about my favourite kill in this movie in a minute. Um, <laughs> it sounds like such a gorehound thing to say, <laughs> doesn't it? It's like, well, favorite, it is Freaky Friday. Best kill. <laughs> but I think the thing that I really love about this, it is this movie, it's like, it's a horror movie, sure, but it's also like this really kind of snapshot slice of, like, 80s Americana, like... It is. 
the kids hanging out and stuff like that. And, you know, they're like their little like party before Tina gets killed when they're eating popcorn. It's like, I always like, when I saw clips from this, like as a kid, like, I mean, mm. you know, like, you know, you're, you're watching like stuff on TV and, you know, you see ads for movies and stuff like that. And shit gets just jumbled in your brain. As a kid, I always felt like this movie was like, could have taken place in the same universe as like 21 Jump Street or something like that. Oh, 100%. And, because, and that, yeah, because, I mean. Yeah, man, like, right? It just had that same kind of, when it wasn't high horror stuff, like when Freddy wasn't popping out of the shadows and cutting people the fuck up, like the, the normal day-to-day shit that you see yeah. people doing in this movie felt like fucking Jump Street or something, you know? And and funny enough, funny enough like it just features a certain Johnny Depp. Early yeah, in his yeah. career. <laughs> I believe that was his first movie too. It was, I believe. Yeah. Um, fucking good luck if you can get a copy of Nightmare on Elm Street signed by Johnny Depp. Um, but yeah. I reckon, I reckon you could do it. I, rec- I reckon I could do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wait until he was drunk or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know. just Amber Heard him... told me you wouldn't sign this, Johnny. Just offer him a ride on the Learjet. <laughs> <laughs> you know who doesn't sign copies of Nightmare on Elm Street, Johnny? Morrissey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, man, I just, I always felt like it, it's just, it's very, it's very everything, you know, as an Australian kid watching American TV shows and that, you know, the, the normal day-to-day teen shit in this movie is everything mm. that as a kid I thought was American life. For, for like totally stuff, it's it's know? really it's really one of the best representations of um a, you know the american teen culture of that time mm. I, in, I think so anyway just and just I, yeah i also think that one of the things that um has always that i've always loved about the elm street series and it really was fucking crystallized in this first movie that like set the tone for it mm. is that with the exception of probably number six, uh, the teens in this, like the victims, <clears> unlike <throat> a lot of the Friday the 13th movies um, that we've, we've previously talked about and stuff, you really get a really strong bond between the characters. Like they really feel like a genuine group of friends. There's a real connectivity between the friends. I mean, it, it, it's interesting because it's a small group. It's like, you know, four teens. Yeah. Um, opening with Tina early on. Yeah. You know, I, I find that this film really gives you a level of expectation from the get go in the first 10 minutes because you mm. get that great, introduction the the great score kicking in um with the nice fucking close-ups of of freddie's hands making the glove and then um then we cut straight to that scene where tina's running down the alleyway and fucking trying to run away from freddie it's just fucking magnificent dude dude one of the things that i i love about a lot of these movies like especially the first four or five is how i i love that Wes just let fucking loose on this and it's like the nightmare sequences are weird and freaky and it's like this fucking wet damp boiler room abattoir 
with a fucking goat running around and <laughs> fucking, you know, bodies being dragged down school corridors in body bags and shit. Like, I love it's that. Just, it's all the weird shit because it's like anyone who's had a nightmare or a weird dream in their life will fucking tell you that there's so much crazy shit in there that just doesn't make sense. Well, like one of my favorites is Tina in the body bag. Dude, uh, I mean, that's stuff like that. It's such an iconic so thing. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it really is. There is so many, like, I feel like I'm going to overuse the word iconic, but I, I just can't no, think no. of a way to describe it. There are so this many movie set so many movies. standards. Yeah, it, it set did, so many standards for, for horror to follow, you know? Like, I mean, this, this was, like, at a time where slasher films were just – you're fucking in abundance. Mm. And then Wes Craven just dr- dropped this bad boy and did a mic drop with it. Yeah. Just went, here you go. Well, it just, it, it really did raise the bar. And I mean, I feel it's one of those things that Wes was so good at because like, you know, he did it with Last House on the left and like mm. made this really shocking kind of 70s exploitation splash yeah. film. Yeah. Then he comes along and then he redefines horror again with Nightmare on Elm Street. And then he yeah. comes along in the 90s and does it again with Scream. Um, yeah, like yeah. fucking god damn it that we lost him because fuck knows what shit he'd be dropping on us now. Like, well, I mean, know. his legacy is fucking great. Um, exactly. Yeah, um, but th- this film, this film's great because we're introduced to Freddy Krueger, uh, and like you say, the connectivity between the four teens really helped sell the impact of the. the 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 nightmare that follows in this film it It makes you like them like yeah it does you like these characters like even even rod who's kind of like the bad boy (laughs) i love rod he's He's great great man he's so it's like i woke up with a heart on this morning tina with your name on it (laughs) that was one of my favorite lines (laughs) of the film dude He's great, man. Like, he's just such a great character. I'm like, sorry, but, I mean, I think Rod steals the show in terms of one-liners for, for this film. Oh, dude, Till totally. Freddy kicks totally. into gear in later films, right? And then totally. just delivers the goods, right? But for this film, I think Rod set the pace and that line just was fucking, you know, it's probably morally incorrect today. But <laughs> as we always say, it was at a time where it was just fucking funny and it was entertaining. Yeah, but, you know, they, hey, look, 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 anyone that's going to sit there and be, oh, he can't say it. It's like the guy, it's it's a teenage boy dicking around with his fucking girlfriend, okay? Yeah, like, exactly. Every teenage boy said some fucking variation on that thing. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I love it, man, because I love the innocence of Tina, obviously the ultra innocence, well, semi-innocence of Tina, but the ultra innocence of Nancy, just daddy's mm. little girl. Um, yeah, the sheriff's daughter. And fuck, I can't believe we haven't mentioned John Saxon yet. I was yet. literally waiting to drop the mighty Ooh. John Saxon into this podcast. My go on, God. Go on, go on, drop it. Absolute, I've kind of mentioned it, but like just unleash the sack. The absolute fucking legend himself, John Saxon, pops up in this movie as fucking Nancy's dad. Like... Uh, Man, like, I'm going to say he is one of my favorite sheriffs in a horror movie dude, ever. He's, he's the fucking tits, man. He is right? just great. And, like, 
he looks like he hasn't aged since Enter the Dragon. Like, I think he would. I think he just. He was like in the Bermuda Triangle or something. Like, frozen in time since fucking yeah. nineteen seventy fucking seventy. And it's so, like you know, Freddie kills people with his fucking knives. John Saxon will kill you with the fucking eyes, man. That, that stare of his. Oh yeah, John Saxon will fucking kill you with a look, man. Like he'll just fucking he, he will just cock his head and just fucking stare a hole through you. Yeah, exactly, dude. It's it's fucking it's. It's one of the best fucking... He's got, like, one of the best movie glares that I've fucking ever seen. I love it. I mean, um, I, just... I don't know how Rod actually survived John Saxon pulling a gun on him. Because like right? John Saxon standing there and telling you not to move would be scary enough. John Saxon armed, pulling a gun on you. Like, I mean, you just... You'd shit your pants. I just kind of <laughs> wish that John Saxon kind of just dropped the gun and go... Hey, we can do this hand to hand if you want, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and just go full end of the dragon style on him. <laughs> you may have seen me in End of the Dragon, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm John Saxon. You may remember me from such movies as End of the Dragon and I'm about to kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking A, man. But um Oh, dude, I, I'll save my MVP for later if if you want, because um <laughs> I fucking love this one. But um <laughs> Yeah, the movie itself just follows. A, I, I I think the pace of the film follows really well. Um, the kills are nicely spread out, and well, it uh, does mean like this. Then there is nothing like this. Is a very fucking economical movie. Like there, it is really no was wasted time in this movie. Like, Mm-mm. and it it's one of those great <clears throat> classic eighties horrors where it's like. The runtime isn't that long, but it no, feels it's like not. it packs a lot into the movie. Yeah, like, it's... It, it really gets, it rings everything out of the script in terms of, you know, character development. Like, there's even It's little... like a perfectly packed kebab. Dude, it is. It's just, it's it's absolutely perfect. They're not mm. one of those shitty kebabs that leaks no, the no. either. Like it's a, like that one that you just ones. look at and take a moment to admire it. it and go, it's solid. Like, <sighs> even, even when you're down to the last bite, it's not falling apart on you. Yeah, yeah, right. But, mm. I mean, there's so, there's so much cool shit in this movie, man. Because, like, it, I, I mean, and I have watched this movie, like... So many fucking times, dude. Like it's one. Of, it's one for the regular playlist, dude. Yeah, nightmare, nightmare one to six or one mm. to seven. Really, it's like yeah. I, I've seen this movie so many fucking times. Like, I, I'm so excited because we're doing this because it's just the greatest excuse. Not that I need one, but it's just the greatest excuse to revisit these this fucking series. Well, I don't literally probably don't need to, but I am planning on rewatching them all this weekend just for shits and giggles. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's Easter. I don't know. Yeah. Jesus came back from the dead. Freddie came back from the dead. Fuck you want. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, you know, there's so many, like, because I've watched these movies so many times, it's like there's so many little details of, like, you know, the, the latchkey kid kind of mentality of the 80s mm. with these kids yeah. and stuff like that. And, like, even little moments when, like, you know, before Glenn bites the dust, like when you see his parents downstairs and it's like, you can just tell like so much about like, okay, these are the yuppie parents. Like, you know, probably it's kind of like, like middle-class America. That is, you can just, man, like there's so much information thrown mm. into this movie just by the way people are cast. Yeah. You know, the, the set dressing, the locations, the, the, you know, this, the, the decoration, everything. It just, Everything in this movie serves the fucking 
purpose of giving you information on the characters, moving the plot forward, letting yeah. you know, yeah, like, okay, like, it's like, you know, when you find out, like, okay, yeah, all the parents of Elm Street got together and fucking flash fried Freddy. And then you yeah, see well, the parents, you go, ah, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, you kind of believe it when you see yeah. all the parents, even Glenn's parents, like you say. Like um, when, when fucking Nancy calls Glenn prior to his death scene and uh, the dad just hangs up the phone, he's, you just got to know how to talk to the kids. Yeah, exactly, man. That's the thing. <laughs> it's like just little shit like that tells you so much about these characters. Um, just that, that, fr- that, that cold deniability. Mm. You yeah. know, it's um, yeah, it's very, it's very strong in this film. Yeah, well, I mean, I've I've always maintained like the parents on Elm Street are mm. the worst fucking parents in horror history. They <laughs> really are, dude. I they mean, are it's fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's um, not yeah. that they're bad characters; they're shitty fucking parents. Like, yeah. Fucking awful. Well, look. I, I'm, I'm just going to say my MVP for this film is Nancy's mom. <laughs> <laughs> the, dr- the drunk mom. I've had a long-standing debate with B over who's the worst mother in Elm Street. Is it Nancy's mom? No, it's Nancy's mom. is it fucking... Kristen's mom from Elm Street three and four. Look, it's pretty fucking bad as well. Kristen's mom does certainly give a run for the money, but I think, man, Nancy's mom is just <laughs> just that 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 um that sadness in her eyes. Um, oh, she's broken. She is. A yeah, broken you can. Human. That's what I love about it. and 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 and. Just that, 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 you know, we're talking about what the parents have done, like the historically speaking sense, um, you know, they've, they've committed a heinous act and killed this ho- horrible mass murderer um, that slaughtered all these kids and, and fucking, you know, that would fuck you up. And you see that in the eyes of these parents. Um, I don't know if that was intentionally done, well, but there's there's a great uh, bit of uh, behind the scenes info uh, mm. about, uh, original Elm Street right. is that uh, originally in the script, uh, and this was uh, a, a lot of stuff which we talk about in our Versus episode about how, you know, Elm Street was toned down because of the whole daycare, murder, kitty yeah. thing yeah. that was going on in the 80s. Um, but there was a great, uh, which I can't remember whether we mentioned or not, there was a great a bit of info, uh, story that was cut from the film before it even went shooting, which was that uh, Nancy and Glenn and a lot of the kids on Elm Street all had older siblings that had been murdered by Freddy, which is why he was that makes after sense. them. Yeah. Uh, and also, which is why the parents are so fucking traumatized and broken. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I think, you know, is really cool. Uh, not really cool. Like, yeah, you're dead kids. But, like, I think yeah. it's a really cool plot point. Um, I think so, like, too. You know, it really informs, like, okay, this is why, like, they went after Freddy. It wasn't just a... I mean, I guess the whole town hysteria, that whole Maud Flanders, what somebody think of the children? Yeah, yeah. really works well for it as well. But, like, you know, if they've got an actual reason to go after Freddy, like, hey, this fucker murdered my kid and got away with it, that sort of 
makes a lot more relatable Absolutely. sense to the Elm Street parents rather than just they're just a bunch of shitty fucking neighborhood yeah. watch assholes who taunt <laughs> some guy because he got away with fucking we don't know what we're not even sure like <laughs> yeah absolutely it's like well we're sure but like were they sure or were they just like overreacting fucking you know hell and love joy from the simpsons things like, you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there was there was um there's there's so many cool moments but um definitely the the death scene let's get into the death scenes man because this is fucking cool oh, man, um yeah. Yeah, like um, Tina's death at the beginning, uh, you know, follows that. Just the brilliance of this is not only the deaths, but the nightmare sequences that fucking lead into each death. Like Tina's straight off the bat, um, just fucking just mer- running feverishly from Freddie. And Freddie, I just love how Freddie taunts her. Like, yeah, Tina, look. <laughs> well, that's the thing, man. It's like Freddie is just an. I mean, you know, it's it's weird to say, like, as we've always maintained, it's weird to say, I love Freddy. I yes, I love the fucking child molestering undead murderer. Like, yeah, he's, he's such a great character. It, it's, it's a bizarre thing in, in modern society that we love a character has, you know, in, in, in real life circles would be the most hated person on the planet. He is a revolting character. That's the thing. Like, at his core... Freddie is just absolutely fucking vile. And we'll, we yeah. will get into it in later episodes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah about, about his impact in society. But this first film was just like, yeah, like a lot of great franchises that kick off like Exorcist and, and fucking Poltergeist and all that. It came out of nowhere and just hit everyone with this fucking huge uppercut. Like mm. no one saw this coming. Uh, how fucking good this film is going to be. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, Freddy is such an asshole. Like, he really is. And he's like that, um, uh, would you say, like a cheetah? Um, the animal, the cheetah, that fucking just plays with its food, like the vultures? Yeah. Oh, dude, he absolutely is. Like, he absolutely, he just, he's like, uh, like a feral cat or something. He's just like, he's toying with these kids. It's like, yeah, like this, it, it's almost like a, a Pennywise thing where it's like, yeah, he, he's always yeah. feeding off their fear or something like that. Before like he, he, he gets them. off on it. It's, it's yeah. kind of like his foreplay. Yeah. He just wants to see that fucking look of terror in their eyes. He goes, yeah. And he just gets off on it and just fucking rubs one out and then stabs him to death. Goes, yeah. just I mean, delivers I've... them a stab. Maybe he's rubbing one out left-handed. Yeah, well. <laughs> shit could get dangerous. Uh, very dangerous in, very quickly. Um, but, I mean, yeah, like, that's that's the thing. It's like, you know, he, he just, he toys with these kids. Mm. And that's like, there's a, there's a real element of cruelty to it. And I can't help but feel that that is something, because, I mean, as, you know, we've all heard the, the great story of how Wes came up with Freddy Krueger, like, you know, he was named after a, a kid that bullied Wes Craven in school. The look was from like this old hobo that like got off on scaring, you know, Wes Craven as a, as a kid, you know, the claws come from like, you know, primordial man and all that sort of stuff. And I can't help but feel that like Freddie's enjoyment in tormenting these kids is something that Wes brought over from that initial childhood bully. Because I there think really that's, is that's a, brilliant. a bullying element 
yeah. Freddy Krueger. Oh, there is. Like, you know, he, he is there very is. much a bully. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's real. I just find that really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And and what what adds to the the every kill in this is the practical effects. I mean, even like each each one of the char- the teens that gets killed, um fucking like Tina, like I love that that scene in the alley just the way it's shot. It's like it's dark, but it's slightly moonlit and mm. and Freddy just does that whole thing with the arms where the fucking arms extend outwards. Oh, and- I like remember that, I love seeing that. that on a TV spot on Entertainment Tonight. And I, Did I'm you shit your I'm, pants? I'm sure I've told this story mm. before. I would have been about maybe, fuck, man, like six, maybe mm-hmm. seven when I saw that. And just that scene of Freddie walking down the alley with the arms extended, I was fucking terrified. Like, yeah. I was absolutely just oh, my God, this is the fucking scariest thing ever. Like, and, you, you know, as a kid, you're, like, you're doing that thing where you're, like, covering your eyes, but you're kind of still peeking through because, like, yeah. Well, that, about that sequence, I love the slow reveal. I mean, this is where we really see Freddy come come into the, the, the limelight. But I love the slow reveal of him, it, it, you know, from the dark alley and just the, the close-ups of his face. And you don't quite see his face in complete full. Mm. But the shadow is enough that you see enough scarification in his face that it just, it really fucks with you. And you go, Oh, this is one bad motherfucker. Mm. And, um, and you can see oh, just that look that, of terror. Like, the, the, the end of that sequence, right before Tina wakes up, where she like pulls his fucking face off and the skulls under there. Oh, like, dude, that was just so gnarly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's again, you know, we talk about it every week. It's like, you know, how many examples of these practical effects that just dominate, there's so much more memorable than I, I honestly struggle to remember anything CGI related in recent times. Yeah. Uh, um, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I don't know, maybe it's old man on rock and chair, but I just, I, I love, there's a real art to this. And this movie exemplifies that art, that lost art of special effects. Oh man, totally, totally. I mean, my absolute favorite, like, and one of, honestly, one of my favorite kills in the series is uh, Glenn's death. <laughs> Glenn's death's one of the best. It's so fucking mental. Um, and I mean, I just, the, the thing about it is like, I mean, I love Tina's death as well. Um, Tina's like, death's I, great. I think it's just so spectacularly done. Like, yeah, poor Rod's there going, what the fuck's going on? He, he's shitting his well, pants. Yeah, I mean, exactly. But I mean, and, but with Glenn's, it's just like, you're like, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I mean, you know. It, it's and his like, poor mum walking in on a gun. What the yeah, you know, the, the, I mean, the aftermath of it, where the cops are, like, putting down buckets in the yeah. living room to, like, scoop <laughs> up what is left of him. And you're just going, like, what the... F-? And, I mean, you don't... All you see is, like, he gets sucked into the bed and a fucking geyser of blood explodes. Like, yeah. you know, what? probably way more blood than a human body actually holds, but, hey, whatever. Um, but, and I, I love that they didn't put that scene back in with his body rising up out of the bed. I love that they, it's just like he gets sucked into the bed. You don't know what the fuck happened. Yeah. I just, I think that's just so freaky and fucking out there and cool and like just 
sets your fucking for me anyway just sets my brain going of like oh man what the fuck happened to him when he got sucked into the bed like i, I felt the same a fucking blender in yeah i i feel like i felt a similar vibe with tina's death i just loved the way like she was just dragged like it was it was a stroke of cinematic genius of the way they dragged her body up the ceiling but it was actually shot the other way around oh um, man, yeah yeah, it was like really cool shit, but Glenn's death was exceptional just because it went to that next level. Like each death just seemed more gruesome, even though Rods is a bit sort of tame in comparison. Because yeah, well, it's like Rods is a bit lackluster. In, yeah, it's the poorest one in the movie because it's just like what I what I always love about uh, this is one of the things that I absolutely adore about Nightmare on Elm Street is that. Freddie kills these kids like in these exceptionally creative and insane physics defying fucking ways where there is literally no logical explanation for it. And it's so, it's just so imaginative and so fucking batshit crazy. But then I love that the cops always cover it up. It's like, oh, it was an accident. It's like, yeah. how the fuck does someone get accidentally sucked into a bed and turned into fucking mush? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Officer Dipshit. Please explain. Yeah. <laughs> Show me on the diagram how this is an accident. <laughs> John Saxon just goes, it's physics. It's just physics. <laughs> John, and then they, they just look at John Saxon and go, did you punch him? Yeah. Is that what happened? Did John you like punch his soul out of his body and like <laughs> destroy his entire body while you were doing it. Like, I mean, come on, like John, you've been doing that Jeet Kune Do stuff again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, <laughs> we, we we know you and Bruce and fucking yeah. Jim Kelly, like you know, got yeah, you guys shit. hung out and got up to some mischief. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, dude, that was yeah, it was cool. Um, I, I, yeah, I guess my only critique would have been, I would have loved to have seen a bit more of an imaginative death with Rod, but I mean, fuck 1984, um, practical effects, limited budget, all that sort of jazz. Well, and I mean, you know, the other thing is a lot of these movies, like they were under the pump in terms of time. Of course. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like Bob Shane, New Line were kind of pushing the envelope with these things, especially mm. as they started getting more and more popular. Mm. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, so considering what they had, man, this is this is an absolute amazing achievement. Like, yeah, a, a absolutely. Lot of movies with the same limitations that yeah. you know Nightmare on Elm Street faced when it was in production would not be anywhere near as as no way. amazing as this movie is. No, and I mean, again, you know, I just I love I love the shoots of this film like the, the just that we get the back streets of la like that it's so fucking cool i just love suburbia la in the 80s um but i also love the, the scope of each kid's bedroom mm. like nancy's got the aha poster up on the wall and um yeah and, and just even the fucking the percolator the the coffee machine under the bed i fucking yeah. love that shit um it was I cool. mean, even, even then i i love i mean the the street, like Elm Street itself, like mm. the, those houses, those giant fucking trees, the, ah, the, the the leafy fucking green lawns and everything. It's it 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 just really is like picture perfect. It really is Americana. Like yeah, yeah. It, it's just like 
you know, I mean, I mean, even like, I mean, I remember as a kid, man, there's even streets in Australia that look like that. And it's like, mm. it just, it really just like, uh, it, it sends you back. Um, it really does, man. Like, um, fuck, you know, I, I hate to say it, but kids today would have, you'd be hard pressed to, to picture it, see anything like it. I mean, thankfully, um, you, you can still go to LA and see these locations. Um, there, Adam, the Wood does a great location um, oh, spot on this. Sean, man, like Sean horror, uh, horror grounds with, uh, which even guests, um, Nancy herself in that <laughs> fucking segment. Yeah. They go through all the locations. It's fucking, I, I, that's highly recommended, man. I, yeah. I love that episode. Like, yeah. It's really like, cool. Like, yeah, just fucking perfect. Um, and I mean, look, we we've you know we haven't um we haven't mentioned the fucking man himself much, but no, Robert no, oh save the God. best for last, dude. Robert fucking England, am I? Yeah, I mean, we salute you, and we will continue to salute you for the next <laughs> how many uh, eight episodes? <laughs> yeah, and probably beyond. Yeah, look, I, I got a lot of love. As I, I'm sure I mentioned in our versus episode, you did. It was, it was a, a deep, love profound love for Robert. He is a fucking prince among men. He How is just, deep is your love, Jake? It's pretty fucking deep. Like we're mm. talking, like the BGs would be impressed. Yeah. No, man. He he's just an absolute gem of a human. Um, you can hear you you can hear all about it. But like, I got him to do a birthday message for B. Uh, just great guy. Just so went above and beyond if you're on my instagram if you fucking scroll through all my old posts i'm sure you'll find it from october a couple of years ago just total utter legend sweetest fucking dude ever and i mean before he did that i thought he was a talented motherfucker for sure like because i mean oh absolutely you know man the 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 work like if you watch the DVDs for Elm Street or the Blu-rays, um, there's not a lot of difference, uh, but they're, they're both loaded with some great features. Yeah. And the amount of work that like he put into doing Freddy, cause he was pretty young, man. When he, when he did the first yeah. Elm Street, like he was pretty fresh. Like he'd done V and a couple of other things, but um, you know, he was he was a young dude when he did the original Elm Street. And the, the work he put into developing this character was amazing. Incredible. Like and we know, only talks... we got like hints of it in the in this first film. Mm. Well, I mean, he talks about the stance that he gave Freddie, like, you know, when he put the glove on, it was mm. heavy and it sort of dropped his shoulder a bit. So he kind of incorporated that into the character and he sort of thought of it in like gunslinger terms. And it's like when you look at the way Freddie, it's like, oh wow! Like I, it's, it's so, it's so obviously there, but you don't, it's you don't even really notice it until it's pointed out that like, yeah, Freddie always stands with a slight slouch with his like right arm hanging down a bit. Yeah, yeah, oh. it's 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 a very, I don't know, like there's a there's a lot of like, uh, is it a word iconology? I mean, iconography, iconography. I mean, like, you know, we, there's a lot of love for all the characters like Michael fucking Leatherface, Pinhead, all these guys, but Freddie is just something like, I don't know, man, it's just fucking grand theater at its best. Well, that's the thing. Freddie's kind of like the clown prince of horror. He's almost campy in a way, but Mm. in a terrifying way. 
Well, like I said, this life. in this film he's a bit darker. Yeah. So we kind of don't get the the grand fucking poo bar that we'll we'll talk about in later episodes. But in this one, we get a darker version of Freddy, but it's we get hints of that comical play playful um, sensibility of him. Yeah. Which is so cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just, I think, just yeah, with without Robert Englund, because I mean, I know Wes Craven originally wanted an older man to play Freddy because of you know that that old hobo that scared him. Like he was yeah, yeah. an older guy. <clears throat> um, I just think without without Robert England, it's like totally different character. I don't know if we'd have Elm Street the way it exists today. Like, because mm. I just think Robert just brought so much to this character. Um, much in the same way that I feel about Doug Bradley with Pinhead. Um, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, man, there's just there's so much that Robert like just brought to this character and just it, completely it's... owned it. It's a real team effort. I mean, you you got this great, you got you, you know you got Wes and his team, you know all the 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 fucking special effects team and you know all the writers and everything like that. Um, then you've got the fucking the the, the cast that play just their roles. I don't know. I, I don't think there is a dud character in the fucking pack of this film. No, like all, even the cops. The, I love the cops in the film, man. They're, yeah. they're, they're my favorite cops in a horror film. And then you know Freddie's performance as well. Match that with the fucking the scope of the soundtrack is the score is fantastic Ooh. as well. Um, to, to, yeah, again, as I said at the beginning, this is really, in my opinion, a perfect horror film. It is, man. It's it's like it's absolutely like fucking lightning in a bottle. Like, it, yeah, it really is because it's like you know that 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 kids are relatable. Like, and I mean, I, I think the other thing is, it's like you know, if you're a kid going to see this movie in 1984 like you know, I'm jealous you're, you're going to see this in 1984 and i mean i instantly hate you because i would have loved to have seen this in the cinema um, yeah <laughs> but like you know you're a kid in america you're going to watch this you're seeing characters that are like you and your friends up on screen uh with parents that are probably like yours like those you know, yuppie fucking Reaganite parents that work too much, probably day drink, you know, like they're like never home, like completely detached from anything that's going on with their kids. Like you would instantly just be like, holy fuck. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Wes Craven has a real, had a real talent. Oh, he's probably, yeah, absolutely. he's just not, well, look, um, the, the, the talent is, is fucking portrayed in these films that he gave well, that's us. The thing, man. It's like he had a real talent for tapping into the kind of youth culture of the time that he was trying to tap into. Like he did it with this. He did it with Scream. Like, you know, the dude kind of, yeah, he, he had his finger on the pulse, man. Like he wasn't... um. <laughs> he wasn't like, you know, that Steve Vashini meme. Hello, fellow youngsters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and, and of course, you know, like he, yeah, he's done, he's done like other ones too. Like I fucking, The Hills Have Eyes. I fucking love that film, man. The, the oh, 77 man. classic. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, and then he's done a couple of fucking like later 80s, early 90s gems like, um, the people Damn. under the stairs and shocker. 
Vampire in Brooklyn is one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. I fucking love that movie, and I will throw fucking fists with anyone who disses it. <laughs> well, and, and he did the original Swamp Thing as well. Well, yeah. I mean, Cursed was another, like, I mean, yep. for, for all the issues that that movie had, like, mm. that movie is still a fucking lot of fun, especially the director's cut. I love his take with Dracula 2000. I I don't know. I, I'm actually oh, a fan. Yeah, he, only, he only produced that, though, didn't he? Like, yeah, Dracula yeah. 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he's fucking just I don't know, man. Like the, the, this, and and of course, fuck. How can we forget Wishmaster? Oh, dude, absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, like I mean, he the the list goes on, man. There's so you many. You should totally go listen to our Wishmaster episode, by the way. Oh, <laughs> fucking a, man. Fucking a. But um, yeah, dude. Like th- this movie, like, is kind of like he's fucking. I don't know. Just. It, I, w- I don't know if, if it's necessarily the pinnacle of his career, but it's it's probably the movie that most it's defined an him. High point, yeah. Like, it is an absolute high point, and I mean, you know, we we will get to New Nightmare, which was uh like you know, I mean, all all this like you know meta kind of like movie within a movie, fourth wall break within fourth wall break. Um, <laughs> you know that that's something that Wes was doing like well before it was popular, like well before you know. I mean, I feel like it was his trial run for Scream. You know, it was kind of like that sort of meta horror kind of thing. Well before that was even a thing. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the the dude was like, you know, he he was very much had his finger on the pulse of what was going on in the world, and sometimes like you know. He had his finger on the pulse of what was going to be going on in the world a couple of years down the road that uh, no one was ready for yet. Yeah, absolutely, man. And 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 that and that's the thing, man. Like this film, um, we've touched on so many good qualities about it. And and if you want, like, even more, there's yeah, there's plenty of stuff that we cover in our versus episode as well. Um, but yeah, man. Full like, disclosure: our versus episode, we spend very little time talking about any virtues for the uh, the <laughs> that, that other <laughs> one. Yeah, that that we shall not mention. Um, but um, yeah, like, what it, do you have a particular overall favorite iconic scene of this film? Oh man, honestly, for me, there's so many iconic moments in this movie. I mean. Glenn's death in the bed is, you know, absolutely one of them. That amazing moment of practical effects with Freddie coming through the wall above Nancy while she's Yeah, I thought that was fucking great. That's just, like, amazing and just such a memorable, like, stick-in-your-head scene. Like, Freddie Mm. coming down the alleyway with his arms stretched out. Yeah, um, there's so many good moments. There's there's just so many amazing moments in this movie. Um, right down to the final battle between Nancy and Freddie. I mean, yeah, I mean, I like, love even even that. Like those those marshmallow stairs. Like, yeah, you know, like Nancy's determination to fit, to to overcome Freddie, and I just love her tenacity with you know like researching and reading. You know, uh, was it Rod or Glenn that gave a shit for reading the book on fucking make your own Glenn, bomb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah make yeah. your own fucking home defense Glenn kit. Is a shit boyfriend in this. <laughs> yeah, right. 
he's a shitty fucking boyfriend. It's like, oh yeah, don't fall asleep, wake me up. Yeah, sure. No worries. (laughs) Dude, Johnny Depp, you suck, man. (laughs) You bad, you bad. Um, Oh, fucking, yeah, there's so many fucking great moments in this, but the final battle between Nancy and Freddie at the end is fucking great. Um, When Nancy figures she can... You know, by accident, she's managed to bring his hat back to reality with her. And then she goes, I can bring the fucker back with me and kill him once and for all. I I fucking love that. Man, I really love, like, I mean, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, fucking be, well, fuck, I am that guy. Who am I fucking kidding? (laughs) Yeah, I love the deeper kind of implications and meanings in this movie as well. Like I, I love like Nancy turning her back on Freddie. Like yeah. you know, that is a big fucking thing to like that that is obviously like, you know, I mean, and look, Wes Craven was a fucking smart dude, man. Like he studied philosophy and all sorts of yeah. crazy shit. Like he was a teacher. Like, you know, the the implications of that, like the the central lesson of like, you know, turning your back on your fears and not giving them any power over you. That was brilliant. You don't give them. Yeah. Like it's like your your fears and your concerns or, or your grief as as you know the case may be with, you know, what Nancy was dealing with, only has as much power over you as you let it have is really fucking deep, man. Like, you know, no shots at Friday the 13th because it's a completely different style of movie, but that's kind of way deeper than anything that Friday gave us. Yeah, On absolutely. The other, Friday gave us boobies and heavy metal, so, you know, that's not yeah. to be underestimated either. Absolutely um, not. But I, I love that sort of shit, man. Like, and there's, there's an element of that sort of thing in each of the Elm Street movies, and I really fucking dig it. Mm. Yeah. And, and this one, this one really kicks things off nicely and just fucking just gives us a great introduction to, you know, fucking just, I don't know, just why the eighties is just the dominating force for horror of, of, uh, any decade. I, I don't know. It's, it's arguable. Right. But, um, I, I think, I don't think it is. Elm- man. I honestly think like, look, you know, there was some great shit in the nineties, like no kidding. Like there really hmm. was, but I just feel like the eighties was just such a, burst of creativity maybe it was all the cocaine dust in the air i, I think so know. yeah 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 but, i think so i mean it was just like in you know movies, but how do you, music, how, everything how do you explain the 60s and 70s dude like fucking some of the shit that was going on in there lsd <laughs> lsd, LSD <laughs> fucking acid fucking yeah. you know jesus fucking. even there was some prime stuff coming out of the 50s too man but <laughs> But my, a lot, my a lot of fucking bong smoking, <laughs> yeah. But a lot of that stuff all inspired Wes Craven as well, you know. Like, um, oh, absolutely, you know, he attributes a lot of those fucking classic horror films, you know, as inspiration to what led him to, to this point in 90. Oh, and man, for uh, sure. for sure, yeah. I mean, um, I just I just think, like, I mean, the, the thing with this movie, man, is that, like. It was such a fucking watermark in terms of like introducing such a an interesting villain with an interesting like set of powers and yeah. a really interesting world and a mythology around it. It's like it, it's it's like it's there's there's a real urban legend quality to Freddy Krueger. 
There is. You know, the, and I think that's like something that a lot of the great horror villains that were so popular in the 80s, like Freddy, Jason, Michael, Leatherface, you know, I mean, I know mm. like Michael and Leatherface came from the 70s before yeah. anyone yells at me. I get it. I know. <laughs> I'm aware of it. I'm making the point. But like, there is just such a great urban legend quality to those mm. characters. Like, they are, if they weren't a movie, they feel like something you would hear about from like a friend of a friend. This happened to their cousin's brother's sister's babysitter. You mm. know? Yeah. Like, they all have that quality to them. And it's, it's no wonder they became such massive franchises and film series because yeah, it's like, me. you know, there's something in there that I feel like, you know, audiences and all of us, you know, horror nerds and fans and stuff would, would connect with and just go like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm fucking completely intrigued by this. Like, yeah, it kind of scares me, but it kind of like piques my interest as well. Like, tell yeah. me more. Like, you know, give, yeah. give me more of this shit. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As a as a beer and pizza movie, uh, where does this sit one? Oh fuck, dude! This is look Nightmare on Elm Street, and I'm look. I'm just going on record here for all of them except maybe number six. Nightmare on Elm Street is a fucking tapper keg. Hire go back back to the eighties. Hire out the fucking dine in Pizza Hut restaurant. Fucking hook up a projector and just Dude. invite your fucking your entire posse to just sit there all night and <sighs> just tell tell the tell the the uh, pizza slingers to just keep the ovens going. Just just keep those bad boys. It's just just like, get Freddy's fucking, Freddy's furnace pumping the pizzas, man. Keep keep the shit stocked and uh, make sure the ice cream stands fucking cold. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we're here for the long haul. Yeah, exactly. Um, any any final thoughts on this one? No, uh, not really, man. Like, I I think you know we've we've uh, look, fuck, man, fuck. We, bro, so, we, we, could, we could go on for another yeah, like four hours just easy. on this one alone. Um, and and that's why I feel like you know, like if if you want a lot of the nitty gritty details, just go back to it. You know, click the link to our previous episode, the versus episode. It's got a lot of cool moments. Um, especially the fucking, that awesome fucking ending with the kids, you know, trapped in Freddy's car. <laughs> I fucking love <laughs> the Freddy mobile. Isn't it great? Uh, but, no, Matchbox, just, can you release a Freddy car? That'd be you know, great. They, no, they did, man. They, 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 there is actually a Sick. Uh, fucking, uh, one of the Hollywood ride series. Yeah. I've seen it. Uh, it's the Freddy Mobile and it comes with a little die cast Freddy figure. It's fucking, it looks rad. Um, but I just, yeah, look, if you have not seen the original Nightmare on Elm Street, just rethink your life choices and go mm. do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, here's my, my plug that I don't get actually any fucking free merch or anything for which i totally should jb fucking dvd king somebody just give me some free <laughs> shit um but no there, there is a blu-ray box set of all seven movies that has a shit ton of features on it uh which is pretty easily affordable i think it's only like 30 bucks or so well worth the buy oh, the DVD, good investment the dvd box set has all the features as well it's just on dvd uh, and yep. these movies do look fucking gorgeous on blu-ray i've got to say uh, yeah particularly stuff like number three and four where shit gets really wild um but the dvd set's got a ton of great features and shit on there as well um and 
And yeah, absolutely worth the time. Super fucking cheap at JB. Like I think the last time I saw it, it was 20 bucks mm. for like all seven movies with features and stuff. Like well worth yeah. throwing 20 bucks down on. Like I. I don't know where these are streaming at the moment. I know a couple of them are on Netflix. Uh, look, you, you, you can find on a, you can find a lot of them on YouTube as well. Mm. Um, yeah, like they're, they're out there. But like like you said, Jake, just fucking throw down the twenty bucks, thirty bucks, and get yourself a box set. Fucking hire out Pizza Hut. Fucking oh, bring God, it back from yeah, the dead and just fucking, fucking just get yeah. the keg party going, dude. Absolutely, it's, man. It's worth Ab- it. Absolutely, that would just. Be this is all right. Mint. This this franchise is your Easter weekend sorted. It really is. Well, it's it's literally going to be mine. Mm. <laughs> so Complete I'm, with Freddy's nightmares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh god, fucking! I've only got three episodes. I want more. I want so many more. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, absolutely. Look, I just yeah, it, it is definitely uh, a series that is worth owning. Um, yeah, the, these movies are absolute classics, and yeah. well, well worth the investment. Before we go, I got to touch on as well, uh, just real quickly, the fucking, I, we haven't meant, we probably mentioned in the previous episode, but the post art for this film is fucking, I mean, like, again, when I say perfect horror film, this is perfect right down to the fucking poster art. Well, I literally, I, the thing, the thing before we, we got to talk about this before we go, I love the posters for all these movies oh, with the exception yeah, they're of, so good i think the only one that i don't feel quite lived up to the previous four was freddy's dead um yeah yeah i, I, I sort of I, it, i'm kind of there with you it just didn't feel quite as wow as the others uh, yeah it's, it's not not saying it's bad it's just but i mean the the posters for these movies are just beautiful yeah they really are i have framed copies of nightmare one two three and four or just on their own wall in my living room like it's just yeah they are like i because i mean yeah when i was decorating the house it was just like oh man i'd I'd love to just have a wall full of the fucking nightmare posters because they look so good yeah, and we hunted them down. And it's just like, dude, they do look fucking. I'm not gonna lie, they look fucking great. Oh, dude. Like, yeah, um, yeah, they're just they're just so great, and just they do such a good job of making you want to see the fucking movie, which is what a poster should do. Like, it sells they just, it. They do, man. They just they capture your imagination, and you just, I'm fuck, bro. As a kid, like. Looking at these posters, I was just like, "What the fuck is that about?" Like, I, I'm scared, but I want to see it. Like, mm. what the fuck? Like, yeah, this is fucking guy coming out of the fucking ground in a fucking auto graveyard, and fucking got four blades, and there's fucking punk fucking dudes with weapons and shit <laughs> standing on them, and yeah. This fucking dude's got half the first one, face in the mirror. The first fucking, one fucking shreds, dude. It, it's fucking oh, man, it doesn't it, definitive, man. It's it's the fucking yeah, yeah it's it's amazing. Probably one of the I, I would rate it high in top three of best horror film posters ever. Period. Oh, hands, hands down. And I mean the yeah. tagline, like that whole like I mean, if Nancy doesn't wake up screaming, she won't wake up at all. Like ah, what? it's fucking great. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, right. Yeah. It's so fucking good, man. Um, 
Well, dude, we've fucking made it. Fucking, we've made it to a, the the first st- uh, step down the street of Elm Street. Yeah, survived. We've we've uh, we've, we've come out of forty twenty eight. It's a beautiful day. We're going to hop in the Freddy Mobile and uh, drive into Saturday's episode of Rad. Fuck, fucking that was nice. a good segue. That was good, man. That, that was, was really well done. That was some fucking. I pulled that clear out of my ass. I didn't plan any of that. Man, there's a reason why you're a fucking multi-platinum um, <laughs> successful fucking podcaster. People think it's easy to be a podcast superhero. I'm here to tell you, it ain't. It's <laughs> it's it's a, a lot of simple tricks and nonsense. You either got it or you ain't got it, okay? <laughs> but um, yeah, dude. Yeah, this fucking... was a Clint Eastwood fucking sub quote here somewhere. It's like, yeah, people in this world, those that podcast and those that listen, you listen. <laughs> um, that's yeah, point. fucking that's some, yeah, that was really well done, dude. Oh, I, but I, I, uh, I, I yeah, fucking a. Um, but yeah, tune in tomorrow for Rad. It's um, we we wrap up our fucking we're staying in LA yep. and uh, roaring around in the Freddie Mobile, blowing shit up with uh, lethal Fight, weapon four, fighting the, fight the triads and yeah, all sorts of crazy shit. Fucking watch Jet Li pump out some spin kicks, like yeah, it's Joe gonna be rad. Versus a shark. Yeah, man, it's gonna be good, man. It's gonna be good. So, uh, and Rene Russo kicking ass, pregnant and all, man. It's going to be fucking dope. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, th- thanks for tuning into this first episode and hope you dug it as much as we fucking dig it. Um, yeah, we could easily fucking jabber on on this one. But Remember yeah. to like, subscribe, tell your friends, and uh, whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Ever. On that note, have yourselves a freaky Friday and we shall see you bright and early tomorrow morning for Rad. If we survive the night. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Sweet dreams.